Hello, and welcome to Physician Spotlights. I am your host, Dr. Jay Patel. Physician Spotlights is a forum to learn more about our outstanding physicians in the field of nutrition and to discuss important topics and ideas. With the help of Aspen, we are bringing these videos to you. Our guest today is Dr. Nilesh Mehta. Dr. Mehta is a professor of anesthesiology at Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts. With over 20 years clinical and research experience, Dr. Mehta has made numerous contributions to advancing clinical nutrition. He founded and directs the Critical Care Nutrition Program at Boston Children's Hospital. His research focus is on identifying and implementing best nutrition practices in critically ill children. He's completed three large international studies of nutrient intake in over 3,000 mechanically ventilated children from over 15 countries and has demonstrated associations between nutrient delivery and outcomes. He has received numerous awards for his work. And as many of you know, he was the 42nd president of Aspen from 2018 to 2019. Dr. Mehta, it's an honor to speak with you today. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Dr. Patel. Thank you for inviting me and thank you for doing this. This is such a valuable contribution um, and uh, I'm delighted and honored to be with you. Thank you. Dr. Mehta, can you share with us a little bit about how you got started in clinical nutrition? What was the spark that kept things going for you? Thanks for that question. Um, you know, uh, uh, back when I started doing clinical medicine, I was always attracted to pediatrics and pediatric critical care became my home. Uh, in the first uh, five to six years of my practice, I realized um, at the bedside, there was very little evidence base to drive uh, practice related to nutrient delivery. It was becoming very evident in the 1990s that um, one of the key, uh, key implementation uh, or interventions for uh, children is nutrition. But here we are in the sickest phase of their lives and we had very little to go by in terms of evidence to guide our practice. So I was struck by this big gap in our understanding. I was also very fascinated by the impact of critical illness on, uh, on a child's uh, metabolism. Uh, and, and based on some elegant work done over decades, almost a century, uh, by so many uh, previous investigators, we had begun to understand the metabolic stress response and the way critical illness impacts not just macronutrient, but also micronutrient status in these patients. Um, and then the last piece was uh, there, there were observational studies and, and then some intervention studies which made it very clear that how we feed, um, it, it matters. There are clinically important outcomes that get affected. So putting all these three together, it became very clear to me that this is an area which is extremely exciting, which brings physiology, pathophysiology uh, at the bedside which has a huge gap in our understanding of what we need and which probably deserves systematic investigation because it could be a low uh, a resource. It could be a simplistic intervention that could have an implications for outcome change later on. So when, when all these things came together, I was naturally aligned to focus on clinical investigation initially and then translational investigations in the field of critical, um, critical care, nutrition and metabolism. No, that's very fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. You know, it always amazes me when I hear stories of clinicians who really at the bedside are identifying these very crucial, you know, knowledge, but also research gaps. That being said, can you share with us a little bit about some of the questions you were asking very early in your career and some of your earliest projects? 
Sure. Um, as you know, uh, Dr. Patel, many times you start at a very basic level. And uh, when we were rounding in the ICUs, some of the very fundamental questions were unanswered. So to me, the ability to understand how much food, how much calories, how much energy to deliver to a child who's critically ill was such a, such a simple question which remained unanswered. And the reason that was where I gravitated first is right then um, the fascination of us uh, intensivists in trying to look for uh, understanding physiology at the bedside was, uh, was almost deep. And, and the metabolic heart had been in uh, action for a few decades. Um, so I, I tried to use the metabolic heart to try to uh, illuminate some of the metabolic stress response. And uh, some of my early work began by trying to understand metabolic stress response and in particular, energy requirements in order to derive some form of guide for prescription for energy. Uh, I, I would add, uh, while we were simultaneously doing that, uh, the other thing that struck, and, and as you know, it strikes us even now, is the heterogeneity of approach. People just did such varying things. In fact, there were times when it depend, depended on which team was on is how the child got fed. It still is true in many cases in many parts of the world and even here at home. It derives its heterogeneity from the lack of uh, information and evidence. But at the same time, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that because nobody comes together to do homogeneous stuff, we never understand what is good uh, practice and what is not. So I, I did also try to simultaneously address how can I gather evidence uh, together to come up with, at that time, with the scanned literature available, what can I uh, come together, uh, what can I put together as uh, the best practice as we know it uh, to be fine-tuned as new research becomes evident. So while we were doing metabolic experiments and, and we would then went beyond in calorimetry to understanding protein metabolism and looking at uh, uh, stable isotopes to understand how protein uh, gets both synthesized and broken down, we also tried to gather folks together to come up with the initial guidelines for Aspen, which was uh, now several years ago. Um, so those were the three main areas that where I got started. Yeah, that's that's amazing. You know, one thing you touched on a little bit was some of the challenges in, in doing research in this particular space, you know, the heterogeneity, for example, and how, you know, everyone is sort of almost working, not necessarily, you know, in, in silos, but it's hard to bring sort of people together uh, in this space. Can you share with us some of your other challenges you had early in your career? And really, who and how did you overcome? Um, who helped you and how did you overcome these particular yeah. challenges? It's a great question. Um... You know, when we talk about nutrition, the one thing why you and I love this area of investigation practice is the interdisciplinary nature. Nutrition, especially in the ICU where you and I work, is a team sport. Uh, you require uh, the patient and the family to buy in into the concept. Luckily, most families in my world in pediatrics are very clued in about nutrition and its importance. You then require the physicians and the bedside providers uh, uh, whether it's a trainee or the faculty uh, to come together. But the most critical piece for me is the bedside nursing who are uh, constantly facing the challenges of both evaluating readiness, but also delivering nutrient uh, 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 interventions and then trying to document how the patient is responding to that. So the very first people that I approached and 
and partnered with and learned a lot from and got a lot of support from was my bedside nurses. Um, they became the drivers of some of the change that we affected. Um, and because we, um, we practice a nurse-driven intervention on a day-to-day -day basis in the intensive care unit bedside, um, we have uh, promoted and always adhered to a nursing-driven nutrient delivery strategy as well. So the nurses were my partners and some of the most important collaborators in the clinical work. But in addition to that, when you are trying to advance science, and especially when you are a junior faculty, you need a lot of support. And I was very fortunate to be surrounded by people who recognize the, the area, recognize that here's one person who's uh, dedicating his uh, time and efforts to illuminating this area of uh, both clinical and research gaps. And both my uh, supervisors and my bosses, but also my colleagues were very, very supportive. Um, and that helps it, it really is very useful. And finally, we all need our mentors and, and we, we are nobody if without the guidance and support of mentors who you recognize as um, people who have the credentials to help you in your pathway. And I was very blessed um, by having the mentorship of so many, uh, Dr. Christopher Duggan, Dr. Tom Jacksick, and my, my immediate boss then, Dr. Jeffrey Burns, who has even as of today continued to support all three of them uh, my endeavors. And the last thing I'd say is uh, when we work in silos, um, we can only achieve so much. So then to step out of your field and try to garner support from others. And, and I've over the years maintained a cadre of collaborators all over the world who we sound out each other for um, uh, determining where we go next and try to do it together. So the you mentioned the International Nutrition Study Platform was developed mainly for that. We now have over 100 pediatric ICUs that participate in that. Um, and, um, and, and that's where Aspen fits in. So at a very early stage, I was looking for a home and I found that all the stuff that I just mentioned to you, the interdisciplinary team, the need for mentorship, the need for collaboration, all this came together in Aspen for me. So it was a perfect home. Uh, and I joined Aspen uh, and uh, it has been such a fantastic platform to support everything that me and others have done um, uh, in this field. Yeah, no, that's, that's phenomenal to hear. You know, I think what many of us would appreciate, you know, including myself, is sort of the interdisciplinary nature of the work, you know, that you describe. And Aspen is certainly a home that fosters that interdisciplinary, you know, nature of both, you know, research, but also fulfilling knowledge gaps as well. So if I'm, say, a young, you know, investigator, and I am stepping foot in Aspen for the first time, or I'm thinking about stepping foot, you know, in Aspen, what words of advice would you offer to someone like me or another, you know, young investigator who maybe has no clue where to begin, but just has, you know, a passion for making differences in clinical nutrition? Great question. Um, you know, as you know, uh, with your personal experience and mine, um, it, this is not an uncommon scenario. When we come in, we have no idea what's available and what's not. And, and I must uh, give kudos to the organization. Over the years, they have recognized this need to, to help faculty when they are young, like us, uh, when we were. And, um, and, and there, is a, uh, there is an immense structure in Aspen, which is willing to reach out to young investigators and, and do one of two, three things. Uh, one is to recognize where you might need some support and help. So there is a mentorship program um, and uh, our uh, in-person meetings is such a wonderful place for you to meet and greet people who might become your mentors. And one of our past presidents, Dr. Comfer, 
pioneered this effort that many others uh, um, previously have started and, and since continued, which is to find young people when they come to Aspen meetings and connect them with senior mentors who may be in their field, maybe complementary, but then take them under their wing and, and, in, and introduce them to the breadth of activities and potential opportunities in Aspen. The second thing I would say is uh, sometimes uh, you need to begin and, and, and Aspen is an organization based on volunteerism. And the first thing you think about is uh, look at the website, start looking at all the various aspects, the facets of Aspen and find some things that you feel close to your home. If you're in critical care, there's a critical care group. If you're a physician, a nurse, uh, uh, a dietitian, you might be more comfortable starting with your own group. And there are all these opportunities highlighted nicely. And then go to the volunteer section. There are uh, opportunities to volunteer for certain um, aspects of the organization once you begin to understand them. The last thing is, it's it, the sky is the limit based on your personal endeavor. Um, but our uh, Aspen staff are a wonderful resource. You reach out to them, put in a question, and they know the entire spectrum of what's available, and they will slot you into specific areas. When I, uh, I remember my first ever phone call to Aspen, um, Jay was um, seven, no, a couple of decades ago now. And I called and I said, look, I'm looking uh, for help. I'm a critical care physician. And uh, it sounds to me like nutrition in pediatric critical illness is really a gap. And I'd love to uh, look into what's going on. Uh, and can you guide me to uh, someone uh, who's uh, uh, compiled a set of guidelines for Aspen? And um, I remember uh, the response I got was, you've come to the right place. And I think, um, uh, why don't you start the guidelines process and put together a group? Because you're right, there is an requirement and the first set of guidelines were born out of uh, out of that it was um, and it's then gone into a third iteration now so as you know so it's 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 all of these things uh, there is the organization reaching out to you uh, actively so just can just join and you will find these people reaching out um, there's the staff that can guide you uh, and then there is this your independent endeavor to start looking in and and, and I know you dr Patel has done amazing stuff exactly most most of it on your uh, enterprise and, and coming forward and saying this we could do um, the last thing i'd say is if you're fortunate that you already have a mentor who's been at aspen sometime or you have any way to reach out to any of the aspen members who are senior you really don't need a formal setting you reach out to any one of these people our board of advisors our past presidents our senior aspen uh, leaders such as yourself we will be more than happy to uh, reach out. So there's, uh, once again, I would say uh, the thought of joining Aspen is the first hurdle and, and then the rest follows. Yeah, no, that was a wonderful story. There's so much to be gained from, you know, making a simple phone call and really nothing to be lost. And so that is phenomenal. We really appreciate your, your words of, of wisdom, you know, and we thank you, you know, for um, all of your contributions uh, to the organizations. I would like to thank Dr. Mehta for joining us. I would also like to thank Aspen for their partnership for this forum. Dr. Mehta, thank you once again for joining us today. Your words of wisdom um, will resonate with many individuals. Thank you. Dr. Patel, thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. Again, congratulations on your many successes and, uh, and for all your, the work that you've done for the organization. And again, for, from both of us to anyone who's listening, we are available as uh, we alluded to earlier, reach out. Um, there's a lot of work to be done. There are a lot of challenges that we still need to um, uh, overcome. 
but uh, the interdisciplinary combined uh, nature of what we do at Aspen um, is, uh, is the perfect platform to get yeah, there. Thanks I, again. Thank you. I couldn't agree more. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Cheers.